and welcome back to this for film sake podcast everybody my name is brian Ashidi, and i'm here with chris lucky and today we're going to be talking about a 90s classic clueless but before we hey. do any of that uh you know the fucking drill let's do the ketchup condiments mustard horseradish hey. sauerkraut hey. sauerkraut's a new one Love sauerkraut. Is it new? Uh, uh, I mean, might not, even new to our collection, maybe. Yeah, new to the collection. I don't All think right. I've ever said it. Yeah, but sauerkraut's delicious. I don't like. I don't care for it. You don't really? Don't care not, for it. Not even in like a Reuben. Uh, no, because what is what's in sauerkraut? What is that like cabbage and? It's it's pickled cabbage. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Into, not into that. It's it's all good. Take there your time. Go. All right. We can talk about sauerkraut all day. Yeah, just just carry on. Uh, give me a, <laughs> a sauerkraut uh, filibuster, dude. Sauerkraut on like a like fucking Reuben sandwich with like corned beef and like brisket mm. and like on grilled on rye. That shit's delicious though. Mm. Yeah, and like with like a like that Russian dressing, and you just kind of like shove it in your mouth and it's all soury and spicy. It's like not still not into it. Not having sodium into it. it makes sense. This is an exciting intro, isn't it? There you go. I'm back. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> Christopher is back. So yes. ketchup, condiments, whatever the fuck. Uh, the ketchup. Um, well, first, you uh, you went to one of my favorite places in, in the United States, Seattle. Fucking Seattle. Yeah. I absolutely love Seattle. Mm-hmm. It is such a fun place to go to. Yes. Uh, like it, uh, First of all, I went there, and it was like rainy as fuck. It mm-hmm. looked like a, like, a, like a bad noir novel. Yeah. Um, and I left, and it was the same way. Yes. <laughs> yep. But I, I really, really do love that. There's something about like the weather. I just, mm-hmm. I just feel cozy, mm-hmm. and I like to wear like long coats. So mm-hmm. it's just like an excuse to wear long coats mm-hmm. all the fucking time. Yeah. And walking down the rain, mm-hmm. and you're just like, fuck yeah, I could get used to this shit. Oh yeah. And like the city, like I was close to Pioneer Square. I love fucking Pioneer That's Square. It's so man. fucking good. Yes. And like, dude. Oh, man, I would just walk around the city and I was just like, oh, there's a place I haven't been to. I just walk in there. Yeah. Uh, I went to a barber shop mm. that's like a proper barber shop. Okay. And like the dudes were like skilled with a knife mm-hmm. and they like give you the warm towel oh, thing nice. and yeah. like sculpted your beard hair. Mm-hmm. And I say sculpted purposely because yeah. it just like takes so much fucking. I was there for like half a 45 minutes. Oh, that's a good, that's a good time. And like uh, it was just so comfortable and everyone's just like. My favorite thing really is that mm-hmm. there's no pretense of I don't know you and yet I have to be nice to you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Everyone in Seattle is just kind of walking at their own pace and mm-hmm. their whole rhythm. Mm-hmm. And if you interact, and that's all right. But you don't have to interact. Oh, There's no. no obligation to do that. Mm-hmm. Versus here in North Carolina where you kind of like... Oh, this Bible Belt area. I mean, yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. all through the South, unfortunately. So you have like... You're in a, yeah. in, a, in a line with somebody and like the dude up behind you or like, a, like in front of you mm-hmm. immediately expects some sort of interaction yeah. if you're there together for yep. more than 10 minutes. Yep. And uh, fuck that. I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you. You don't have a cute dog I can talk to. Yeah. So get the fuck out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> there, there, there is a weird, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I would like some medium ground, but it's like whatever situation I'm in, I'm going to want the other thing. You know, because, because, <laughs> like, I'm like being in North Carolina, I'm like, well, shit, I don't want to have to talk to these motherfuckers like all the time. Like, everybody's just being so happy and so cheerful, yeah. and we always got to have a conversation all the time. Like, what the fuck? And then I was, um, a few years back, I was going up to Chicago, and um, I, was, I was on the train, and I was trying to find out how to go from like the blue line to the brown line and get to this, uh, wherever I was going. 
and I was asking people on the train, and no, everyone seemed very put off by me yeah. speaking to them. <laughs> everyone, because like no, no one was making eye contact. Everybody's looking down, headphones in. There's no one's talking. And then I left. And I was like, "What the fuck? Why is everybody such assholes?" You know. So it's like whatever the situation I'm in, I'm gonna be kind of looking for the other right. one. I think maybe. I think Seattle is that middle ground because mm. everyone I talked to out of necessity was yeah. super nice. No, it's a very nice area. It's a it's a very nice area. Yeah. It, it's, it's great not mm. having and like I, I I lived in like a block away from a bar. Mm. It was a standard. It was a local brewery mm. that had delicious sandwiches. How, how far away were you from the um, from the bridge that uh, connects you to Tacoma? Uh, probably about twenty five minutes. Okay, not too far. Okay, I yeah. got you. Yeah, uh, I actually went to Tacoma mm. uh, to visit a friend. Okay, uh, but I lived a blo- uh, like I was staying a block away from a local brewery. Mm. Uh, the bartender was fucking awesome. His name was Daniel. Nice. And he made me a whiskey sour with like honey simple syrup mm. instead of like normal simple syrup. Mm. And it was fucking delicious. Nice. And then I, I also stayed two blocks away from a delicious barbecue shop mm. that was so fucking good. They okay. had like mac and cheese with brisket mm. on top. Mm. And mm. it was amazing. Yes. And like the guy was Australian. And every time I walked into the shop, I half expected him to say, Hey, fancy some Bobby, mate. Uh, <laughs> and I hated that he never said it. Because mm. I, I feel like the, like the moment I walked into that shop, and yeah. we both realized that I know now that he's Australian. You know that he's Crocodile Dundee. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> but another shrimp on the bar, baby, mate. <laughs> and he had, <laughs> you know, you know and that. Like, even like he gave me the water and he would be like, cheers, mate. Mm. And I was just like, just fucking say it. Mm. I went into that shop four times. Yeah. Hopefully expecting that the guy at some point said, you want some Bobby, mate? And, yeah. And, and he knew that I was expecting it, mm. so I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose. Shame on him for, like, never perpetuating that stereotype. Right? <laughs> 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 fucking shame on him. Yeah. Because, God, he had a nice accent. Nice. But it never fucking happened. Mm. And I went there the last day that I was staying in Seattle, yeah. hoping today might be it. Mm. Today might be the guy that guy offers me some Bobby. Yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't happen, though. So I left a little bit, I left on a little sad note. Mm. Uh, but it was pretty great. Uh, I I genuinely love like Seattle. Like every, yes. like the place looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The weather, even though it's like rainy and weather gloomy, is shit. And gra- weather yeah, is shit. But <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Because I kind of don't like. I don't like the heat. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like the like the super clear days. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just kind of like my my vibe of weather. Mm-hmm. And I gotta take some vitamin D because I'll, mm-hmm. I'll I'll probably want to kill myself if I stay in there too long. They have long. the highest suicide rate in the entire yeah. United States. And partly it's because of that. <laughs> yes, so that, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'll probably take some vitamin D supplements if I move to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I just fucking I fucking love the place. Yes. I, I smoked a lot of legal weed. Nice. And uh, I smoked so much of it that my voice is fucked up now. Very nice. Because I burnt my fucking throat like an <laughs> yeah. asshole. All right. So for like three days, I just felt like I deep-throated a torch. Nice. Uh, but I, I fucking love it. I just spent time with my family there, and it was great. My brother has a little kid now and a oh, girlfriend. Yeah? Okay. And it's, it's, it, was, it was interesting. The whole, the whole thing was fun. That was interesting. I was interested. Like, after our last podcast, we went over um, your anxiety about different things, uh, cars and elevators. Right. So I was like, Brian's about to get on an airplane. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, 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 how, how is, does this situation go about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're, if you're, like, terrible, like, cars and elevators, like, an airplane is, like, times a million, I would have to assume. Here's, here's the thing about airplanes. Like, in, in a car... And, and this is a weird rationalization because right. I'm not terrified of airplanes. Okay. I'm not that scared of them. I, right. I have moments of clarity mm. while I'm in an airplane okay. where I'm suddenly sitting in my seat playing my DS and I look up 
And I realized that we're above an ocean flying 35,000 feet yeah. at 600 miles an hour. Mm. And I go like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I have those moments. Mm. But like, I think that I'm just so angry with the whole airport experience by the time I get into the airplane mm. that the anger outweighs the anxiety, ah, all right. I think. Because right. like, I, I, I had four-hour layovers mm. from like, I flew out of here to Denver, had a four-hour layover, and mm. then went to fucking Seattle. Yeah. So by the time I'm done with the four-hour layover, I'm just like fuming with the like the rage of a thousand suns. I'm yeah. ready to get the Huns oh, for yeah. once. I'm just fucking mad because yep. I hate waiting. Mm-hmm. Waiting is one of the things it's that the worst. fucking kills me. It's the worst. So and then like there's always like 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 one lady tried to get me to pay for a suitcase that I didn't have to pay for, mm. and I'm just like, why are you doing this to me? Like. Just interaction. I fucking hate the whole airport experience. Mm-hmm. So by the time I get into a plane, I'm just so like like fucking wired up and like just ready to like rip someone's neck out mm-hmm. that the airplane calms me down a bit. Okay. Until I'm like flying and like two hours into the flight where I realize what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so not super anxious on airplanes. Nice. Okay. But Very good. but I have my moments of like especially when you go to the bathroom. Yeah. And you're like standing. Those are the moments when it hits me that I'm just like, I'm standing at 35,000 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. What the fuck am I doing? What is this? Everyone seems super comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I've never met anyone that's like super, super anxious on a flight for mm. some reason. Okay. And I think part of it is the fact that you have no control over an airplane, mm. but you have some control over a car. I've met tons of very anxious airplanes. Really? That's why I thought you would have been one of those people. <laughs> you know, like, like a, a number of girlfriends that I've had in the past just terrified. Ter- like being on the airplane, even still, like terrified. And like the uh, the only time on the airplane where I have any, com- any kind of anxiety is taking off and landing. Yeah, la- landing is pretty time. terrifying. I mean, the only, I mean, just because statistically those are when the, the accidents are going to happen. Right. You know, the majority of them happen on takeoff and on landing. So like any other time when we're just in the air, then I'm very much enjoying the experience. But taking off, I'm like, that's the only time where you actually can really have much human error in the first place. Yeah. It's like the pilot has to pilot you know, <laughs> to take off and, and land. So at that point, I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm making sure that you're doing your shit. And, you know, after that, you got autopilot. We're just flying for our next couple thousand miles and we're fine. Right. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I did have one moment where mm-hmm. I don't remember like from which which plane it was, mm-hmm. but the pilot from one of the planes uh, we were taking off, and like two minutes after after we we took off, mm-hmm. he came on the radio and he sounded so relieved that we were able to take off. Nice. That part of me was going like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to sound relieved. Yeah. You're supposed like, to sound confident." Well, all right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got through that. So, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's... So that was the one moment where I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Dude, be a pilot. Don't fucking be relieved that we took off. Yeah. <clears throat> that's cool, though. But uh, no, that was it, was it was a good time. I had a really good time in Seattle. I love the place. It's super creative. Mm-hmm. Very I went creative. To, like, yeah. I, it's like everyone's just doing something. Like, I met... I met uh, do you ever play Halo, right? Halo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met the guy that did the cinematics for Halo 2 and Halo 3. Okay. Well, he was a bungee. Nice. And I met him because I was looking for breakfast. Seattle has the opposite problem over here. Everything mm. here closes early. Mm. In Seattle, everything here opens, opens fucking late. Yeah. So I'm awake at 7 in the morning because mm. I'm a jet-lagged idiot. And there's nothing there. And I'm looking for <laughs> breakfast with my mom. And yeah. there's nothing. There's nothing. Nope. Like between like three blocks, there's nothing. Yeah. So I'm in, a, I'm in this coffee shop drinking like some weird drip of hipster coffee. Mm. And I go, and I'm asking for recommendations. And this guy comes up and is like, hey, I'm going to like meet the moon which is like a restaurant that's like okay. it's, it's pricey but it's open mm-hmm. and it's just like you want a lift and i was like fuck yeah i'll take a lift yeah 
uh, got a ride from this guy. I started talking to him. Okay. He was the game cinematic director for Bungie for 15 years. Nice. And left uh, right after Bungie did Destiny. Mm. And, and he's working on his own studio now, mm. like doing his own independent thing. And I was just like, this is why I like the Seattle environment. Mm. People work in cool shit. Yeah. And they're not afraid of sharing the cool shit that they work in. Sure. And it's great. And then yeah. I ate a lot of turkey and I hated myself. Mm. And then I ate a lot of turkey for the next two days. Okay. And I hated myself every single time. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think tur- turkey is overrated. I think so too. Turkey's yeah. overrated. Like, like what, what is, what, what's the big deal? What is the big deal so, about turkey? It, I, like, Every other day of the year, nobody's checking for turkey. Nobody. You know, 365, 364 days out of the year, nobody was like, you know what I really like want today is turkey. turkey. Never. Never. Never Not going to happen. And for all of a sudden, for Thanksgiving, now we need a big-ass turkey. Now we might even need two turkeys. You know what I'm saying? Just (laughs) like seriously, like we we have a baked turkey or, or, or a smoked turkey and a fried turkey. I don't get the fried turkey. I don't get that shit. Have you, I mean, you, you've never had it before or you've never tried it? I've never had it because it's not mm. part of our culture. But I don't oh. get why mm. the first indication of like, hey, we have a giant bird. Yeah. Let's start a fire. I mean, and that's that's black culture. <laughs> we fry, we're going to fry everything. We're going to fry everything. <laughs> but there's <laughs> that a thing that started as black culture and then got it like a, everyone adopted it? Because I see I, white people doing that. White people do it now, yeah. 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 I'd have, I would have to assume that. Some niggas did that shit. I mean, <laughs> like, like, for real. Like, they came with the first fried turkey. Like, that sounds like some nigga shit. <laughs> it's like, like I, give, I give white people credit for, like, basting it and, like, baking it, you know, and making it kind of moist, you know. Right. Probably not flavorful at all. But, no, it's very, but it's, very, it's, moist. it's very moist, yeah. you know. I, I'm giving them that, you know, some, for some turkey. But um, I, I think the first fried turkey was definitely some nigga shit. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to give that to us. But it tastes so good, though, and it's so easy to make. It's so easy because, I mean, instead of taking all the time to smoke it or bake it and Mm -hmm. then possibly losing some of the the moistness on the inside and constantly injecting it and everything, when you fry it, all the moistness and juices just run to the middle of the the bird, you know, while while it's frying. And then as soon as you take it out of the fryer, then it slowly, like, loosens up, and it's so fucking juicy on the outside and crispy on the outside. The best turkey that you're going to have. It's I've, so I've good. It. I, I'm curious about that shit now. It's really good. I see every fucking American doing it. Yeah. And we put we pop it in the oven, mm-hmm. and then we do some Puerto Rican shit to it. Okay. And, like, stuff it with, like, weird spices, and just, right. like, fucking put it in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it comes out delicious, too. But yeah. turkey is not a big deal. It's turkey not. Turkey is bullshit. If, if, if anything, we, how about some more ham? Like, the ham is where it was at. Ham is pretty good. Like, yeah. I want the meats. Just give me more meats. Like, I don't necessarily need meat the turkey, variety. Though. Yes, more meat, meat variety. variety. Yes. Uh, uh, turkey's a dry-ass bird. Yeah. I don't know why we do it. But, yeah. like, Puerto Ricans, uh, when we're in Puerto Rico, we usually do pernil, which is like, uh, it's like the butt leg of a, of a pig. Okay. And that's fucking delicious. Mm. Uh, so Sounds much very meaty. It's very fatty. Yeah. It's oh, so, so sounds good. Good, just like like there's a there's a part of the leg mm. that's just kind of like this solid chunk of fat, mm. and like it just it just melts. Yeah, as you fucking got. That. I mean, yeah. I don't know, over the past uh, week, I started watching that show on Netflix. I wasn't anticipating it at all, but it actually turns out to be very good. The Which Punisher. One? Oh yeah, I haven't the watched Punisher. it because I I'm not interested in the Punisher. No, at all. I, I, neither am I. But you know. I'm, I'm a loser. So, <laughs> so I'm a I loser, sit, baby. So, so I sit, don't you kill me? me. Yes. I sit at home and I watch things on television all the time. But um, but yeah, I watched all of The Punisher and it was surprisingly very good. Like really? like B plus quality. 
And how does it compare to like the current layout of Netflix shows? I was like, superhero. I, shows? I was trying to convince Tessa to watch it, and in that, the first thing, like easily better than uh, the Iron Fist, which I couldn't even finish. Yeah. Um, it's better. It might be. I'm biased on Luke Cage. Luke right. Cage was my favorite one, but overall, it seems the opinion is that Jessica Jones is the best one overall. Opinion right. based on what I've noticed, and Daredevil is somewhere in between that number two or three, depending on where you want to put Luke Cage. Right. At, yeah. You know, but this one here. I think it may be better than Luke Cage, taking my personal opinion out of it. Mm -hmm. I think it may be better than Luke Cage. It's better than season two of Daredevil. And it's almost as good as Jessica Jones season one and Daredevil season one. Interesting. It's it's a, it's very good. Like I would like to see him incorporated into more of the ensemble with with Jessica so, and um, and Daredevil now. So when you say like good, when you take your opinion out of like Luke Cage, you yeah. mean like you mean in technicality or like in story? Um, in story because uh, technicality, like they're I think that uh that the Punisher might be a little better. Okay. But Luke Cage just you have the kind of uh the kind of jargon that that I'm a, I'm accustomed to with right. having black characters and Rosario. Dawson and, and Luke Cage's character. I mean, I, I don't know. Just okay, yeah. personally identified with that more, but it, it might not necessarily be as good as a Jessica Jones and definitely a Daredevil season one. You okay. know, just personal. But um, but this season of uh, of Punisher, the guy that played Shane in um in The Walking Dead. I I forget his name. I like yeah. I like the actor. Yeah, but I forget his name. Every time. I can't remember either. Yeah. yeah, but um, but he does a really good job. I mean, it's like what is it, like thirteen episodes of, of the show, fourteen episodes, mm -hmm. and you can tell that he put a lot of time. Into into this show, I mean, it's just so much of him working out and screaming and blood. Oh, lots of blood, <laughs> lots of blood, lots of killing. I mean, it's but it's good. It's good. Solid nice. B plus, B minus type of show. It's worth it, worth the time Hell to watch. Yeah. I'll give it a go because I've, yeah. I've been looking for something to watch on Netflix. It's good enough. Yeah. Um, I watch uh, Coco. Coco, uh, the animated movie. Yeah, the animated movie. Yeah. Really charming movie. Mm. I I really really liked it. it okay, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing with Coco now. Yeah. So, so they put a short about mm. Elsa. Uh, Elsa like, from Frozen. Yeah. Okay. Olaf's Frozen Adventure is the name of the short. All right. And they put it on top of Coco. All right. Like you got into the theater and they play this fucking short. Mm. Now, the short. It's twenty one goddamn minutes. No, no, no. It in front of a in front of a movie that's gonna be two hours or something long itself. Uh, yeah, the movie's like like one ninety, like like mm. not like one like ninety minutes. I think that's the movie is like hour and a half. Yeah, hour and okay. Half. Um, but they put this like short that's like twenty one minutes long in mm. front of fucking Coco, and everybody. I looked it up like while we were in the theater watching this. Yeah, and like everybody fucking hates that short. Yeah, that short is universally hated. I bet in front of the Coco movie. Yeah. But then I, I read a joke that made me laugh. Mm. And it was just like, Pixar put 21 minutes of a movie because they always know Mexicans are going to be late to the movie. Uh, yeah. and I oh, just, Coco was a Hispanic type movie or something? Coco's in Mexico. Oh, so specifically in Mexico. Mexico. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> but like, uh, apart from that, <laughs> which was funny as fuck. <laughs> Talk about perpetuating stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar has no problem. <laughs> nah, they know the market audience. So we're going to give you 20 minutes on top of the 20 minutes from the trailer. Yeah. So that you can get to your fucking movie. All right. Uh, but the Olive Frozen Adventure mm. short is fucking garbage. Right, I don't care. Right. And I don't, also don't know how I feel about putting two white princesses in front of a Mexican movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Yep. Um, but Coco itself was fucking fantastic. All it right. was like super well animated. Mm. The writing was like really sweet and okay, clever. Nice. And it was just a f like the, and none of it was offensive towards Mexican culture. Like nice. you can tell that it was very well researched. Mm. 
all that kind of stuff. I really, really, really loved Coco. Super simple oh. story, but it was nice. charming and sweet. Okay. And I recommend that if you're looking for an animated movie, and especially if you're like in any sort of Hispanic bandwidth of the world, okay, uh, you you're you're probably gonna relate to the movie. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought it was really well done. Nice. Um, also watch Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I heard that was good. The How Martin was that? McDonough yes. movie. So fucking good. Right, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I forget her name because I didn't look it up. Mm. Um, but uh, she's been in Fargo. Okay. Uh, the lead actress, I, I don't know. Jonathan knows her name. Yeah. Uh, she is spectacular nice. the entire time. Uh, Woody Harrison, amazing. Yeah, love him. Uh, Sam Rockwell, fucking fantastic love in the Sam movie. Sam Rockwell. Uh, like I mean, it's such a good cast. Yeah, and 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 like the writing is amazing. It's heartbreaking. It's emotional. It's funny, all at the same time. And like even though it's like too, uh, too it's like it's like on the longer side of things. Mm-hmm. It is such a well done film that I don't think you can find any fault in the runtime. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I really I give it a nine on IMDb. Yes, yeah, it's ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's fantastic, brilliant. brilliant. And Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Yeah, that's her. Uh, she is so fucking good in this movie. Mm. It's fantastic. I just I love the fucking movie so much. Nice. Uh, and Martin McDonough's probably up. Like I have Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. and then I have probably Martin McDonough as okay. favorite directors. Nice. Uh, and I, I I mean I just love the fucking movie. I was yeah. like completely struck by it. Really good. Looks really good. Uh, so I saw those two movies, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think if I saw anything else. I saw the Jim and Andy documentary. Oh yes, on Netflix. Was, you finish it. Uh, no, I'm about like okay. 30 minutes away from finishing it because right. um, I saw it when I was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Yes, I love that. I love that. It's fucking amazing. Do you know who directed that? Uh, it was the same guy that. Ah, fuck! I knew this. I knew his name because I, I was watching the Spike documentary. Jones. Spike Jones directed a documentary. The 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 Andy and what's the name? The Andy. The, the, German the and- I thought you were talking about like the director in the documentary. You're talking about who directed the documentary. The r- directed the documentary. Oh no, I didn't. Oh it yeah, was, Spike, was it Spike Jones? Jones. Spike Jones. Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It, I mean, it looks gorgeous, yes. and it's just a fucking fascinating, and I love Jim Carrey. Yes. And it's, like, I love the duality between, like, Tony Clifton and, and like, Andy Kaufman. You, did you watch the movie? Everything. The Man on the Moon? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I watch the fucking movie. Yes. I, know a lot about, I know a lot about him, because I've read a lot about yeah. Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, fuck, no, I haven't seen it. I gotta, I gotta it's a great it. movie. We got to do the, the movie. Like, Jonathan loves the movie, too. But um, yeah. there was there was a... One little thing about the movie made me feel kind of weird about it with um, with Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman and trying to just immerse himself in what Andy Kaufman would have been mm-hmm. had he still been alive today. And then you have um, a Jim Lawler, Jerry Lawler, mm-hmm. a guy that he was wrestling with. And he was like, no, I was we were actually friends in real life with the actual Andy Kaufman. And, right, you know, yeah. and a, a lot of this stuff, you know, the, all the antics, you know, would be for the, the screen for the show, you know, but then we're not on camera. You know, it's just he's a regular guy. You know, we're talking. And he had hey, a really antagonistic relationship with Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Jim Carrey did. Yeah, Jim Carrey did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it was just kind of weird, you know, with Lawler being like, if it was the real guy, we would have had a better relationship than Jim Carrey, you know, it was right. just weird for me, but the movie itself is very, very good, and it's like, I can't really control what's going to come out of someone pouring themselves into, you know, this this vase of another human being. It's, it's an interesting, like, documentary, because I feel like as a director, if I had to deal with that, oh God. I, I don't know if I would mm. finish the movie. That is a mess. Yeah, because it's, it's so chaotic, yeah. and like, it's like, I... I I need to talk to Jim Carrey. I don't, Jim Carrey's not here. I need to talk to him. <laughs> and I'm looking at Jim. I, yep. Nope. No, you. It's nope. fuck off. Nope. <laughs> nope. So like, I don't know how I would deal with that as a director. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bizarre. 
Um, but it looked like it looked like a mess of a production. I mean, whenever he was Tony Clifton, like they, they couldn't get anything done. No. Like Tony Clifton, he's sitting there like hitting on the women that are just working there, like not even part of the script, not part of the movie. And then they're just like they're they're just having a sound check, and they're just like, oh, oh what, what's what's going on? Why does everybody stop talking? Oh, a sound check? I get a sound check. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? That scene happened, and like I just went like, oh my god, fucking get rid of this guy. Yes, and it's just like he's pissing off everybody. Everybody this year, like the guy that woke up at like six o'clock in the morning and had to be there to set up, and now it's eleven o'clock and they still haven't got the first shot done. You know, because this asshole is walking around. Yep, we're gonna get like an hour worth of work done today for this eleven hours that we're here dealing with this asshole. You know, I would have been fucking pissed. Yes, I don't know how I would have dealt with it. Uh, yeah. I, I I forgot the director that directed that movie. The movie, uh, I can't remember. Um, but he did another really big movie. Was uh, did Kaufman write that one? I mean, I not, not, not Andy Kaufman, also Charlie Kaufman. <coughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, but yeah. Um, but like the guy that directed uh, Man on the Moon, I, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> poor fucking guy. Yeah. It was just so strange. I don't think he made another movie after that, like for a long time. Um, but like, I really, you're probably going to probably need to specify a movie. Yeah. And that's like, like I, had the, I had the movie come up first and I was like, okay, but then everything else just like 1969, <laughs> Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, watch that, and I had a lot of I had a lot of fun watching it. Mm. And then I gotta give a shout out to the Great British Bake Off. What is uh, it? Oh, that's the uh, the show. The, okay, yeah, the, the baking show, show yeah. that I really because it's so wholesome and sweet. Yeah. Uh, season four came out on Netflix, and I watched the shit out of it. Nice. And now I'm gonna watch Brett Church because season three came out Broad on Church. Netflix, mm. and I'm into that shit. Yep. I love David Tennant. Yep. And uh, did I watch anything else in theaters? I don't think so. Mm. That was, I think that's been pretty much my movie watching okay. week or like last three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see any movies. It's just been television. Besides uh, the Punisher, I watched uh, the new Spike Lee television show. She's got to have it. Oh, I, I saw that on my queue, and I yeah. and I had a I, like I I was interested in it. Mm. What's, but I didn't know what it was about. It's it's based on his first movie. Um, and the first movie came out in like '89. So it's it's um it's not as touchy and risque as it was back then. Okay, right. uh, back then it was um you you ever heard of uh, Amber Rose? Yeah. Uh, she she has a thing called the slut walk now, and she brought uh, she brought about the uh, the term slut shaming. Right. You know. So it's just like about. Wait, that was Amber Rose about yes. slut shaming. Yes. I thought that was a thing the entire time, but whatever. I mean, ten years ago that wasn't even a phrase. Yeah. No. That's that's interesting. I <laughs> yeah. thought it was a thing ages ago. Nope. <laughs> All right. No. Good for but, you, um, Amber. <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, Amber yeah. Rose anyway. But um, I forgot where I was going with that. But, but yeah, the um, Amber Rose slut shaming. Slut walk. Slut walk. What, what was the tie-in for that? Uh, she's got to have it. She's got to have it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, so so back then the uh, the movie it had a, a woman you know in her early twenties and she had multiple sexual partners and it was just a subject that wasn't really addressed on television or movies. It was just very. Uh, odd to have your main character be someone that you normally might not want to agree with, you right. know. But like, if you've seen him in real life, this person in 1989, you'd be like, "Oh, she's a hoe, she's a slut." But then, with the way that you're watching it on, in the movie, it's making you, it's kind of endearing the character to you, so you know that she's more than one thing. She's more than a good person, bad person, right. you know, slut or prude, any of that, you know. But um, now, watch, watching it now, these ideas are so in the forefront of everything. It just seems like another thing that's there. You okay. know, it's, it's not uh, it's not groundbreaking in the way that it was back then. Okay, that makes sense. It, it, it is kind of like a product of its like the, the effectiveness would be based on like the time that it was. Yeah, put yeah, because that's that's you, you see that very much. I mean, that that conversation is already here. The conversation has been started, and it's just a television show that's carrying on with the the conversation. Okay. It's a good though. 
Is it entertaining? Uh, it's entertaining ish. Like if you okay. if you if you know nothing of the first movie, mm-hmm. and you're not kind of burnt out on the conversations that are having right now, then yes, it's good. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. It's uh, it's well it's well made. It's well, technically yeah. very well made. Of course, it's Spike Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we sort of like deviate from the like start the the, the actual topic, mm-hmm. I want to talk. I want to mention to you one thing that happened in the news that has me really happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Flynn, two things. Michael Flynn admitted uh, that he lied to the FBI mm. about Russian collusion yeah. in the U.S. election. Mm. Uh, so now he has been charged with one count of whatever the fuck that, crim- that criminal act is. Mm. Charged with that shit. And then our lovely idiot president mm. tweeted that he knew that Michael Flynn had lied to the FBI. Uh, and that's why he was fired from mm. the position like 25 days after he got uh, like appointed. All right. Uh, so Trump knew that this man had lied to the FBI regarding the Russian collusion, and he tweeted this out publicly. Mm-hmm. And that is that's literally admitting to obstruction of obje- like obstruction of justice on a public tweet on a public forum. Yeah. And I don't know what that means for Trump because he's getting away with so much shit. But I just really like the fact that someone like caught Flynn in a lie mm-hmm. and then said like, "No, you fucking lied to the FBI." So you're getting arrested. Okay. <laughs> and then Trump went, yeah, I knew about that. Sorry, I had to fire him. Uh, his actions were like, had pure intentions though. Yeah. And then everybody's just like, what, what the fuck is, did you realize what you just did, Trump? Like so mm. many people called him out when he tweeted, like un- retweeting the tweet. Yeah. Going like, this is literally admission of a crime. Yeah. Our president is a, literally a criminal at this point. Yeah. And he admitted to it. And I don't know what the aftermath of that is going to be. I don't know like uh, if, if anything's going to come legally out of it. Mm. I'm just really happy that our president is, a, is enough of an idiot to literally admit to obstruction of, obstruction of justice on a public forum yeah. like Twitter. Mm. It's, I thought that was funny as fuck to me. I, 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 it really dulls my day down every time that I have to hear anything involving Trump. Oh, no, I don't mean it. It just, like, hate it, brings the whole mood down. <laughs> like, I was very happy, and then yeah. it's just, like, like the only the only news that I want to hear about Trump, it was, like, this just in, Trump has just been impeached and will be leaving office. Yeah. Like, both of those things. Both of those things. This could be... You know what I'm saying? Because you can be impeached and, and still keep office. office. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, if, unless he's been impeached and is leaving office immediately, like, I don't care about any of that news, mm. any of it. Like, I know that he's a dumbass. I know yeah. he's a supreme dumbass. I know that he that he's fucking illegal. Like, he's been doing terrible things. Oh, yeah, no, of course. You know, so it's just like, I just, I, I mean, I, I, can, I can hear those things every day. Every no. day, like, li- like literally, literally. Because you hear them literally yes. every day. Well, I, I don't, but yeah. it's like I, you personally could. You yeah. personally could, and it's just like for what? Like, but uh. here's a, this is one of those things where it's like now literally, like, like an, it was an official investigation, yeah, uh, done into because this means that if Trump knew about Flynn mm. lying like this to the FBI, it yeah. means that Trump knew yes. that Russia was intervening in the U.S. election. Uh, yeah, we, we know that he knew, but like now, yeah, we're yeah, to yeah, of proof. course. But yeah. now they're talking about like legitimately, like yeah. a timeline of proof. Yes, and which can drag on for another two years. It can, it can, yes. it can drag up, but. It, this is one of those things where it can can definitely lead to that headline of like Trump is impeached and leaving office. And yeah. I just I just wanted to update some of the listeners that might not be caught up on Trump yet. Mm. Um, so that's fucking ridiculous. So you're, you're welcome for that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry God to bring it. the fucking mood down. <laughs> Let's. Uh... <laughs> Eesh, Trump. Anyway, mm. uh, cut and talk about uh, Clueless. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about Clueless for a All bit. All right. <laughs> 
Man, his name is just like quantifiably just sad. <laughs> And welcome back to the the, the, the topic. Yes, the, the meat, the body. <laughs> Nailed that. Nailed the shit. Why have we not done a sandwich joke before? Uh. With the condiments, the meat, and then the other piece of bread. Mm. With the, we've never done never done that. I guess that's a joke that kind of made itself. Yeah, I yeah. guess. You just said the meat of the body, and my brain just went like, hold on a oh, fucking shit. minute. Yeah. We have a joke there. It's all sandwiched in, in there between. Yeah. 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 There you go. See, bread, the yep. theme song, the the condiments, the ketchup, the, mm-hmm. the meat, and then the like the 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 other slice of bread and the thing. It's, right. There's yeah, it's, something, it's something in there. there. It's something there. We have to figure there's it out there. and clean it up. Yeah. But it's in there. We're gonna streamline this whole thing. And we'll get yeah. back to you next week on it. <laughs> Number one show in North Carolina, by the way. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Number one show. Yes. Uh, so let's talk. Let's clueless. Give Clu- us a rundown. Chris. Clueless. Uh, clueless is a PG-13 movie. It's uh, one hour and thirty-seven minutes. It's listed as a romantic comedy. Or actually, um, it's a comedy romance. So comedy it's not romance. a it's not a romance in comedy. It's a comedy romance. Wait, yep. mm, is that is that different yeah. than a romantic comedy? Yep. Uh, is it? It is. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give examples. But we talked about it during the. Uh, during our rom-com episode. Yeah. And matter of fact, you pointed that out. Because I? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I, I was thinking that it was a rom-com. And then you was like, oh, I don't know. I feel like um, that Woody Allen is more comedy and then romance. It's not really rom-com. It's more of a comedy that has romantic things in it. Okay, okay. That was you. All right. <laughs> you quoted me. I can't fight it. I said it. <laughs> but um, but no, but like I, I do believe that it's a, it's, it's a comedy first and so, romance. But okay. yeah, yeah. So um, it came out in, on the nineteenth of July, nineteen ninety five. Uh, the rundown is a rich high school student tries to boost a new pupil's popularity, but reckons without affairs of the heart getting in the way. Nice. Um, this is the 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 big. A movie that I've been talking about for a while, just because there's two char- two movie characters in it that you didn't recognize before. Uh, Brittany Murphy, Brittany uh, Murphy, uh, yeah. the one that she's the the one that died in um in uh, Devin the uh, she, she, she girl interrupted. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she's the one that hung herself and girl interrupted. And uh, finally, Alicia Silverstone, who's done really nothing since the '90s. She was in Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. She was um in one of the shitty Batman movies. Oh, probably a Batman and Robin. Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Batman yeah. Forever, Batman and Robin. Yeah, she, she was in one of those, and that was it. <laughs> but, All right, Alicia. But, uh, I guess she made a lot of money out of Clueless. Yeah, oh, shit, hell, hell yeah. <laughs> Clueless, it went on to have a spinoff television show. 62 episodes. You seen what? No, I didn't see the show. Oh, shit. But I was Googling Clueless yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and I found out a Clueless TV show. Yes. And everybody except for Alicia. Almost, yeah. Uh, and, and the father. And the, the father. Yeah. Like reprise their roles with the television yep, show. Yep, and when and Brittany Murphy, and Brit, hold on, Alicia Silverstone, the father, Brittany Murphy, and Paul Rudd. They didn't come back. From yeah, the show. But, but everybody else was on the show. So like uh, Turk from um, Scrubs. from Scrubs, yeah, I Donald love, Faison. I love yep. Donald Faison. Yes, he's so good. He did the whole show. The the guy that um, Mur- Murray, he's uh, shaving his head in the uh, in the bathroom. In that his best friend boy right. in the television show, they're best friends and they're all over the show. That's so cool. Amber, the other uh, redhead, she has a prominent role in the television really? show. Oh yeah. Um, so it's like I enjoyed the television show more than the movie just because, like I said, there's 62 episodes and you really get like that uh, the relationship between the principal and the teacher. Mm-hmm. That little thing that happens a lot. That's really big in the the movie. Uh, I'm, I don't. I, I I'm really I'm really curious 
about where this conversation about this movie is going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, oh, we didn't uh, let everyone know this is our Guilty Pleasures episode. Yes. Guilty Pleasures. Yes, this is your Guilty Pleasure movie. I mean, we're, we're both talking about this, so yes. I don't know, yeah, but it's your pick for Guilty Pleasure. Oh, we never really saying. announced who picked what. This yeah, is the yeah. first time for that, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just want people to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but a uh, television show happened. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that a television show happened yes. out of this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Alicia Silverstone. Yes, I I liked her a lot. I mean, she looked amazing. She mm-hmm. did she did a good job. I think this is another movie that you did not get. I whatsoever. fucking hated this movie. I, I agree. <laughs> I, we have to change the show to Brian hates movies. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, we have to it, officially it, change it to Brian hates movies. <sighs> like I don't understand. Like like I knew that you wouldn't like it because yeah. you weren't from the nineties. <laughs> so like, yeah. So none of those things hit for you. But I but that doesn't that I loved Heather's and I'm mm-hmm. not from the eighties. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a little bit further back because like, you like '70s stuff too, and you know, so like uh, the nice guys. You're not from the '70s. You like I'm that. not from the '70s, but the nice guys. I I I really think it comes to like to presentation. Mm. I, I think for me, um, I just first of all, I loved. Uh, I feel like I interrupted a thought, but I don't remember what the thought was. Uh, I I the the thing that I do love about the movie is mm. like the relationship between Elisa Silverstone and and Diane. I forgot her, the actress. Diane? The, 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 it was Dion? the blonde girl, Dion, the, the black girl that Dion. was dating Donald Faison. Dion, yeah. Uh, I loved her character mm-hmm. a lot. I yeah. really, that's like the one character that I liked the most. Okay. And then Alicia Silverstone, I liked her character, but I, I hated sort of the way that she interacted with everybody mm-hmm. right up until like the last 20 minutes. Okay. And then uh, Brittany Murphy, I loved her. Every mm-hmm. scene she was in was really cool. Mm-hmm. And Paul Rudd was awesome. Yes. Those are my positives. For like in terms of performances, yes, uh, they were very well made. Mm-hmm. In terms of the story, mm-hmm. I found myself not caring so it's, much. It's so hard to do because yeah. like it's like this this block specifically yeah. was planned for like the most entertaining movies. Yeah. <laughs> entertaining. So it's like if y'all if you guys could understand what I'm going into, <laughs> like specifically. So I was like, all right, the most entertaining movies that everybody's seen and knows and loves, and then we can just go on and have conversations about these movies that no, are very yes. quotable and lovable and things. So then I walk in here and I'm ready to do Top Gun, and I'm like, yes, we're about to have fun. Hated it. It's bullshit. You know, then it's like, walk in ready to do Clueless. Hated it. it. It's like I don't know what to give you. It's like I don't I don't want to have 20 minutes of this conversation uh, talking shit about one of no. the most loved movies in. America. Here, here's the thing. I think I, I know why this movie is like versus Top Gun. Mm. I understand why this movie is sort of loved. All right. I, I understand the elements of this movie that work for people a lot. Yeah. Uh, like it's so. It, first of all, it's obviously satirical. Yes. It's not obviously none of these people exist really there. Except not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. these people. The, this is a like a hyperbolic t- hyperbolic take of existing people from the nineties. Yes. Yeah. And and I get that the sort of satirical element of it mm. works really well. Yeah. And and I like the like the the way that they make fun of rich people. Like I'm just like a normal girl. I dress like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then she's like fucking on a touchscreen in the nineties. Yeah. And like I love the like the relationship with the dad and Josh and Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. That was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh I loved some of the dialogue is genuinely really nice to hear. Yeah. Um uh, it, I had a couple of, I think my favorite quote was like when they're writing the love letter to the principal mm. and they're like, they read the poem and it's like, oh, that's nice. Did you write that? It's just like, no, obviously it's like one of the most famous quotes. Like, mm. where'd you get it? Cliff notes. Yep. <laughs> this, this was one of the movies um, where you can really tell that it's written and directed by a, by a woman. And um, How so? 
um, some of some of the dialogue. We we talked about this. You were talking about um, Louise, mm-hmm. I believe it was, and you said we were watching this movie, and she's like, you can tell that a man was writing for a woman in in this in this movie. Yeah. And every, through watching this, and Alicia Silverstone, she even went on my uh, my list for top ten for uh, strongest female leads. Mm-hmm. I was like, even though she's very comparable to. Um, someone like um what's the the legally blonde yeah. you know like one of those characters but by the end she kind of shows everything that she actually is yeah you know? there's definitely like a sense of empowerment yeah by the end of the by the end of the movie very much sense of empowerment so it's like i, I really liked her character did you uh, hone in on that um well it was overt sexual tension by the end but um what i really liked about the uh the cinematography is close-ups of paul rudd and the t- the sexual tension between them being stepbrother stepsister, yeah, yeah. you know, from the very beginning, and that's something I wasn't paying attention into as a kid looking at this for the comedy, you know, that these are stepbrother stepsister and they're really vibing on each other, yeah. and they, but it's kind of a taboo, you know, and they they never bring that up that is that yeah this is my stepbrother sister former stepbrother, you know, because right because they got divorced they've got divorced yeah. yeah but they're still hanging around the house so they really don't address the taboo of that kind of thing, but that's why they're not really pursuing each other in the first place. Right. And um, I, I liked how they set up the uh, protagonist antagonist very early on in the movie. And I didn't, that's something I didn't think about. Those are words I didn't think about, you know, as a kid mm-hmm. watching this. Did you, I felt like this movie had two cold openings for right. me. Like that was, that was a thing that I, I and I, I wish I remembered what mm-hmm. it was, but there was a thing that happened. Like literally the moment the movie starts yeah. uh, and then it was like 10 minutes mm. and then the movie started again. Yeah. And it was weird. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was like, mm. uh, we had the introduction for Alicia Silverstone. She got dressed, drove through the mailbox, yep. yada, yada, yada. And then, like, Paul Rudd walked in the house at some mm. point. And, like, by 20 minutes in, the movie had started over. And we had another sort of antagonistic relation. Like, when mm. it was like, okay, this is what happened. 10 minutes into the movie, mm. 10 minutes after that, uh, Ty walked in. And she had the she had the the thing with the teachers where she made the teachers fall in love. Uh, oh, oh, so you're saying that Ty was introduced for the first time in the movie? Yeah, she was introduced like a 23 minutes into the movie or 25 minutes into the movie when she got introduced at the tennis courts. So, oh, so you're saying uh, the the second cold opening was after her introduction? No, no, no. no. I'm saying she was a, sort of the second cold opening. That's what I, I think. What? No, <laughs> no, no, no. You said after her introduction. Oh, oh, so I'm saying she was like. Oh, the I got cold you. Opening. Because, okay. uh, like, we had Alicia Silverstone, and then we had the whole mm. subplot of her making the two T-shirts fall in love and, yeah. like, changing her grade. That was a little afterwards, after Ty, wasn't it? No, no, no. That, that, that happened Ty? literally, like, after, like, before Ty. Okay. Yeah, so, like, the teacher changed her grade. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and, yeah, like, yeah, her yeah. dad was just, did you say you argued your way to, like, an A+, yeah, plus and yeah, whatever? Yeah. And then he was just like, that makes me more prouder than if they were actual grades. Yeah, it was like, uh, made me laugh. you mean to tell me that you argued your way from a C-plus to an A-? minus? It's, like, totally based on my power of persuasion. You proud? Honey, I couldn't be any more happier if they were based on real grades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, like... We had that whole subplot of her trying to switch her whole grades by negotiating, mm-hmm. and then the movie starts. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you mean like when Tosh shows up for the yeah. first time at the school? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we get an introduction of, of Cher, and then her world, and her friend Dion, and that she can't drive, right. and the brother in that world. And then you get a whole other introduction of what this movie is. Right. Is when, when Ty is introduced. Yes. All right. I didn't like that. Mm. Because I thought the first 20 minutes, I thought it was going to be one type of movie. Mm. And then they introduce an entirely different movie for the next hour and 10 minutes. Okay. And like that fucked me up a little bit. Because mm. like, I, I, I get that it was a setup for her like wanting to do good deeds yeah. and whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know. I just feel like they could have been consolidated a little bit more. Like the introduction of Ty okay. and like the introduction of Cher mm. could have been consolidated a little bit more into like a solid like 10 minute, 15 minute chunk instead of like 20 minutes and then movie. Okay. Uh, that was weird to me. I didn't get why that happened in the writing. Mm. Um, but I didn't enjoy that bit. Because right. I thought the movie was going to be about how she made everybody's life better mm. in the school by trying to do these good deeds, and then it would backfire from her from a school standpoint, not a social standpoint. Okay. And then the movie turned into the social experiment, mm. and it was bizarre. <laughs> okay. And uh, so, like, it, I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm making sense as to what I'm saying. I mean, I'm trying to, like, take myself away from a movie that I've seen a mm. hundred times and put myself into, the, like, the eyes of someone who is seeing this for the first time in 2017. Right. And, you know, it's, 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 it's very it's, difficult it's to break like, away. Let's say that like uh, Quentin Tarantino started Reservoir Dogs mm. and they gave us like twenty minutes of character introduction, mm. and then Tim uh, like Tim Roth got shot. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's what it felt like. It felt yeah. like the movie could have started with a, with uh, Brittany Murphy being, being introduced, introduced to the movie, and then mm. we would have still gotten everything else mm. that would have happened to sure in the first twenty minutes. Mm. Uh, but I don't feel like we needed those first twenty minutes. That's mm. kind of what I'm saying. I just feel like there were like a chunk of movie it didn't that was gonna be another movie. I, I guess I, I can see where you're coming from on that. Like mm. it didn't it didn't change anything for me though. Like it didn't take away enjoyment for me, and I don't I don't know if it added to it either though. But I mean, it, it didn't take away from my enjoyment yeah. though. Um, I like one of my, my favorite lines from uh, <laughs> from uh, Ty. She has a number of, mm. a number of them, but uh, the one that is quoted everywhere. Well, I guess people are still doing it. It's a rolling with the homies. Like whenever, <laughs> whenever you bring up Clueless and in, yeah, yeah, in the hands, if you, like you can do that now. If you if if, if you bring up Clueless and you say rolling with the homies, everybody knows what that shit is. Absolutely, everybody. Like I mean, I, I love that from uh, from her. But um, when she's first introduced. And um, and Dion and Cher, they have no idea what she's talking about, but they both think that they they're on the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty, she walks in, she's all grungy and everything. She was like, uh, "Yeah, you know, I I could use really use some uh, sort of herbal refreshment." And mm-hmm. Dion's like, "Oh well, uh, we do lunch in ten minutes. Uh, we don't have any tea, but we have coke and stuff." And Ty's like, "No shit, you guys have coke here?" <laughs> and Dion was like, "Well, yeah." Cher's like, "Yeah, this is America." <laughs> you know? So it's like they don't get that. Like she just came up and asked for pot. And right. then that you just offered her coke. Like, <laughs> they don't get, like what happened just now? But it's like I, I really love Wait. that interaction. Sorry, that just registered. <laughs> that is it. Registered for you? I was like, that's that's where their mind was. Their mind was Cher and Dion. They weren't thinking about drugs. Yeah, no, they were thinking about tea and like a drink. That's what I thought was happening. See, no, no. She was asking for pot and and cocaine and coke. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I got that joke now. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's actually funny. I'll, 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 give, I'll give her credit for that. That was actually funny. I like that one. And another part where um, where where I was getting into the um, you could tell that it was written and directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Murray Murray, uh, played by Donald Faison, is talking to Dion, his girl uh, girlfriend, played by Stacey Dash. And um, for the second time, he walks up to her. He's like, "Woman, let me five dollars." And she's like, "Murray, I've asked you repeatedly not to call me woman." And he was like, "Excuse me, Miss Dion." She's like, "Thank you. It's okay, but street slang is becoming increasingly valid form of exp- expression, and most of the feminine pro." <laughs> Nouns do have a mockingly, but not necessarily misogynistic undertones. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like you're not getting a guy that's writing that way. Nah, no. You know, so it's like you can get a woman to write for a man that way. Did Amy write this movie? She wrote and directed. Yeah. She wrote and directed. Nice. Yeah. I, I love that scene. I love that Donald Faison bit. Yeah. Every time Donald Faison, Donald Faison showed up on screen, I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was really nice. His he's relationship nice. with Dion was really cool. 
there was a um, Amber. I wish there would have been more of Amber's role in the movie, the way that they did in the television show, because mm-hmm. she still plays like the super rich, I do whatever I want to girl. But they talk shit about her all really? the time in the in the show and in the movie. The only really chance we got of that was um, when they're trying to get, find a way to get out of tennis class. Right. And uh, Cher, I forgot what her, uh, Cher was like, uh, I have to, well, I forgot what Cher's Cher was. Cher was tennis instructor. Doesn't Ten- want me to ruin my teaching. Mm. Uh, Dion. Dion. No, that was Dion. That was Dion, yeah. Cher was, she was like, Cher was just being a bitch. And just, yeah, like, I can remember what hers quoting. was. She was just like, didn't want to hit the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and one of them was, and she was like the plastic surgeon. Uh, Amber, yeah, she said, she, uh, my, sur- my, my plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Mm-hmm. And Dion was like, well, there goes your social life. <laughs> and that kind of back and forth was all through the television show. But okay. that's the only real jab at Amber we got through the whole movie. Yeah. You know? I feel like that would have that would have made it a little bit more refreshing. Mm. I think just to take a break from the the, the plot of like sure trying to transform Ty into mm. something else. Mm. I just feel like that got so exhausting mm. and like over my fucking face mm. uh, by like twenty minutes after it had started happening. Yeah, that I was kind of done with that subplot mm. by the time that because Ty goes to the school, she meets Travis, yep. and like she was just like, oh, he's cute. And then Cher was just like, no, he's not. Stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes after that, we're, I, th- I feel like we're at her place. And that's when like Ty first meets Paul Rudd's character. Yeah. And like they're like doing aerobic exercise. And Ty's just like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And Cher is just like, oh, no, we got to read this and then do this workout and whatever. Yeah, teaches like, her the t- word sporadically for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and like at that point, I was just like, stop. I mm. get it. Yeah. Trying to make a, trying to give her a makeover and like change her into your little pet project. You selfish bitch. <laughs> you know, I can like I can I can understand where you're coming from on this because you're watching it 17 20 years removed yeah. and it's like when I like watching it in what, what year did this come out? That's in, like 1995. In I was ni- literally born that same year. And watching it in 95, this movie hasn't been done to death already. No. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the, these movies started coming out like in the late 80s through the 90s to where you're having these um uh, can't buy me love um, type of movies where you're fixing people up and changing things. So it's like, there had been four or five movies like this before Clueless, but I hadn't seen a hundred of those fuckers to where I'd just been beaten over the head with yeah. this type of movie to where I'm just like, well, okay, I'm over it. Yeah. And you know, so yeah, I can, I get what you're saying. Here's the thing. That. I was over it, mm. but I knew that that was like central to the plot. Mm. So like, I knew that it had yeah. to stay there because yeah. otherwise the movie would have literally had no other plot at that point yeah. happening. I just, I just really hated that I had to watch it for forty minutes, because mm. it just, it just got tiresome near the end. Okay. Because I got tired of, and 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 this is one of those things where I gotta give Amy credit to, yeah. because this is a purposeful decision to make sure look like a selfish bitch mm. for like the first fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah. Um, because I re- really, when you're, she's fixing Ty over, she was like, she's just doing it to be like a selfish and like make herself feel good and like sort of masturbate her ego a bit. That's that's what uh, what Dion said too. It's like she yeah. it's her own selfish way to uh, have some kind of control in the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like I get that that's a thing that that Amy wanted to get to get through. Mm-hmm. But I, it's one of those things in movies that I know they have a purpose, mm-hmm. but they're so annoying to me that I wish they weren't there. Okay. And that's that's happened in a couple of movies, and it happens a lot in superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Where, like, there's a plot device that I know why it's there, and mm. I don't want it there. Mm. Um, so, like, that whole bit about a, a like, fucking sure being selfish and whatnot mm. could have been condensed. If it was if it was 2017, it definitely would have been condensed mm. into, like, less amount of time. Um, but I understand why it's there. Yeah. So I'm not going to, like, criticize it too much or, yeah. like, give it too much of a negative. Because it's, it's a central part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, 
I like the interaction between Sher and Ty. Mm-hmm. I think they're like those characters have really good dynamics. Sher and Ty, had, I love Brittany Murphy's and, and, accent. And Dion as well. And yeah. Dion, yeah. yeah. Like they had really good dynamics. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like maybe halfway through the movie that Paul Rudd really started growing on me okay. as a character. Because mm-hmm. I like in the first half of the movie, he's kind of like he's just there or whatever. This fucker is by the pool yeah. reading Nietzsche. <laughs> 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 Like Which is like the 90s equivalent of like wearing a fedora. Yes, very much. Very much. You're a fucking freshman in college. You're by the pool reading Nietzsche. Get the fuck out of here, guy. <laughs> and I, I did like how they were kind of... Like, he was a positive influence in the movie, yeah, but they yeah. were kind of making fun of like this, the, the socially conscious college yeah, student even yeah, back then. Yeah, still was. I like, uh, did you see his, his girlfriend... Um, I thought that that would have been a highlight moment for you because um, Hamlet being your favorite play from uh, Shakespeare, um, she's, she's saying um, that the girlfriend of Paul Rudd, she's saying, you just have to do what you want. Uh, just like um, Hamlet said, to thine own self be true. And then shares in the back seat. She was like, no, 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 you got that wrong. I was that uh, Polonius guy. And she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, I didn't read Hamlet, but I watched the movie and it wasn't Mel Gibson that said that. It was that, uh, that Polonius guy. And then they show a close-up of Paul Rudd and was like, well, she, she's dumb as shit, but she's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that makes a comeback because it was mm-hmm. just like it was the guy in Shakespeare that Mel Gibson didn't play. Like, yeah, Paul Rudd says that mm-hmm. too or something. Yep. Yeah, no, that's that's fun. Yeah, yeah I like that a lot because like I had to I had to had to look it up myself because I was like I don't know who said to thine own self be true and was it Hamlet like because I, I didn't I didn't understand what the look meant right. was like would the girlfriend look at Paul Rudd like will you shut this bitch up in the back seat <laughs> yeah. like she's dumb as fuck and she's talking about these movies she has no idea what she's talking about but so I looked it up I was like oh no Sharon knows what she's talking about and Paul was just giving her like hey what, I mean what, what do you want that's right <laughs> yeah think about it yeah uh, I did like the the transformation from Sharon being that like ditzy airhead mm-hmm. to being the, the empowered lady that she was because yeah. you can tell that it was really it's a coming of age movie mm-hmm. and you can tell that that she held on to that ditzy airhead persona because yeah. she didn't have any real sense of identity mm-hmm. right up until like the last 25 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. so like really for me the best part of this movie is the last half hour mm-hmm. because that's when something clicks for sure and she understands what she is now. And now she's being that thing. Mm. And she's comfortable being that thing now. And mm. that's really like, that's when like Ty realizes that she was like, both of them were being like kind of a bitch when they fought. Mm. Uh, that's when like she realizes that she lost Paul Rudd. And Ty realizes that she still loved Travis. And like, and that's really the, like the last half hour of the movie is really the moment where the most condensed things happen. Mm. And they happen so quickly that I don't feel like I was beat over the head with them. They just kind of happened. I, at a natural pacing. I would have to, I think I would have to even watch it again with a critical eye because it's like I so watch it like it's a movie that's in a time capsule. Right. I, right. Like I, I really, really do. And it's like whenever, when, I'm, when I was watching it, my thoughts, like the, the last 30 minutes, I have to agree with you from as like a critic mm-hmm. of someone that watches a lot of movies, like critically, like you're absolutely right. You know, it comes together, it, like it congeals at in those last 30 minutes. Yeah, it definitely you know, does. It, yeah, yeah, but it's just for the, that those, those aren't the, the time of the movie that I'm enjoying though. Like this movie I enjoyed for the first 45 minutes mm-hmm. and it didn't really have anything to do with anything that was pushing the story forward. It was right. just little silly stuff. Like I said, the time capsule stuff, the, the, the things that people are wearing, um, the separation 
separation of the different groups, mm -hmm. like having the grunge group over there, the alternative type guys that would have been listening to uh, Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails, and you know, in, in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not Rolling Stones, but like, you know, like the 90s, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the grunge era. So they would have been all into, into that. You had the uh, the preppy girls, you know, that Cher was hanging around around with. You had they had a close up on uh, on Murray. I mean, on um, Donald Faison character mm -hmm. with him sagging the jeans, you know, because that was just something that was just so everywhere, you know, in in the culture at the time. Uh, a close up of the braces. Uh, I, I just like the the capsulated. Um, fashion that, yeah. that was there, and the uh, the way they talked, the whatever, as if totally, you know, just this. It was just so, um, like I said, it just, it just put me in a place of nostalgia. It's, and it's stepping into a bubble of time, yeah, for sure. Like yeah. I can, I can. When you watch this movie, if mm. you've watched this movie in the nineties, yeah, I can tell. Like we're walking, in, it's hard to like separate, yeah, that bubble from yeah. watching the movie. Yeah, I never seen the movie, mm. and 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 I'm not. Like I didn't like the movie. I genuinely didn't like the experience of mm. watching this movie. Mm. But it's one of those movies that I understand why people like versus Top Gun, mm. which I don't understand why people love a lot. Right. This movie, I can understand why it's a cultural mm. thing. Okay. Uh, but while I was watching this this movie, I just wanted that little bit of, and maybe this is just because of me. Yeah. But I wanted that bit of darkness mm. that never quite got there. Oh yeah, we weren't gonna and, do that. You no, know, we weren't gonna do that in this movie. Yeah. So I was watching this movie. And really, what I found myself thinking is, like, I just want to watch Heather's now. You, you, you know, well, this is the thing. Like, she made a, a purpose choice because she gave you the bit of darkness in order to push the story along. Mm -hmm. But oh, right, here was, here's the direct example. So, yeah. um, so when she she gets inside the car with uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, but the, the shitty guy that tries to attack her in the car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets in the car with the guy. He tries to take advantage of her, and then she's not she's not having it, and then he he. he puts her out of the car and right. drives away and leaves her there. So it was like, okay, she's been attacked and, and humiliated, you know, by, by this piece of shit guy. You <laughs> know, it was like, Robert comes in. yeah, it was like, oh, so this, this is a wake up call for her. Yeah. It was like, nope, no wake up call. She'll just call somebody or whatever. Like, oh, nope. Here's somebody with a gun to your head. Take your pocketbook, take your cell phone. And it was like, oh, that's a wake up call for her. You know, that's, yeah. you know, that's the dark thing that we're waiting for. You know, then she's like, is that a wake up call? Nope. <laughs> Cause it was like, now get up, now get on the fucking ground. And she's still thinking, it was like, oh, these are very expensive clothes. That yeah. I have. I don't want to ruin my very nice things. It was like, well, I'll fucking ruin your whole fucking head and splatter <laughs> your brains out. So get on the fucking ground. You know, so so you're like, okay, here's that wake-up call that she needs. So when she finally does make a call and she's explaining what happened, she was like, um, she was like, Yeah, I was I was uh, I was attacked by some guy and I had to I had to get on the ground and yada yada. It's like she's you still forced me to ruin my dress. Exactly, yeah. So it's like that's still the priority in her life at that at that moment, you know. So it's like um, Amy, she put in that dark moment, but she also didn't want the tone of the movie to be dark. So even in that moment, she kept the comic relief in yeah. with that dark moment. You and know? and but that's a, that's the thing because that is a dark moment, but it's not a dark tone moment. Yeah, it's not a dark tone for mm -hmm. the sake of like comedy. Yeah, like what I'm saying. Uh, it's it's kind of like and it's funny that that happened to her and that the wake up call was that she failed to driver's test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess that's that's, like, that's good writing because they set that up at the beginning. Yep. Sort of like like the driver's test is really important for her. Yeah. To like sort of find some sort of direction. Yeah. And then she failed it and now she's literally lost and mm -hmm. alone and whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of what sets up the dynamic yeah. that forces the last thirty minutes of the movie to happen. Mm -hmm. Her failing that test. Yep. So I, uh, Amy. Making that decision to keeping like giving us that moment of darkness, yeah. uh, and then sort of keeping it lighthearted yes. and not and straying away from the dark tone of it, yep. I think ultimately worked for the benefit of the movie mm. because that's really how we start to understand Cher's point of view. Yeah, other world just kind of like, well, she doesn't understand the world. Not at all. 
and 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 that helps us when she clicks at the end and she understands everything now mm. that helps us understand that philosophy uh that essentially Paul Rudd kind of teaches her at yeah. the end I think Paul Rudd's the antagonistic force in this movie yep exactly yeah uh so uh, from that moment on to the end of the movie those last 45 minutes I think are are, are the part where philosophy start getting attached mm. and you start seeing like the real character development of the movie. Mm. I just wish that character development had started a little bit earlier. A little bit earlier. Mm. Because I was forced to sit through 15 minutes of movie that I didn't quite care for. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like like the last 45 50 minutes of the movie I think are perfectly fine. Mm. Uh, and I actually li I actually love the last half hour of this movie. Yeah. But everything that led up to that, just I just felt needed to be a little bit more condensed, mm. um, in order for like me to not feel like I'm getting beat over the head with mm. something. Mm. Um, that being said, though, the it, it's interesting that I love Heather's. This is really just like a like a personal comparison thing. Yeah. But I love Heather's, and Heather's has the opposite problem, where it's uh, not the not the problem, but the opposite approach, where like. The movie is really lighthearted, but mm. everything behind the movie is really, 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 really dark. Oh yeah, and and so this movie has the the approach of like it's really lighthearted, but nothing has any real weight mm. in between like the lightheartedness. Yeah. Huh. So there's no dissonance that creates humor for me, mm. because for me the humor in Heather's comes from someone saying "fuck me gently" with a chainsaw, yeah. and the satirical interactions with their parents and adults and all that mm. stuff comes from Heather's. Yeah. But in this movie, since there's not any of like that darkness and mm -hmm. bread in any of these interactions, for me the humor is just stacks up and like loosely. It's it's capsulized humor, humor that right, doesn't yeah. that wouldn't work today. Like I mean, it's just the humor in it was like the first ten minutes of you know um, she's walking into school and then some guy was like, hey, how are you doing? She pushes him off <laughs> as if you yeah. know. It's like it's like capsulized humor. It's like that's not funny now. Or it would be like if um if somebody walked over was like talk to the hand you know right. it's like it's, it's it's just it's something that was funny for a moment in time that just isn't here any longer. Yeah, but uh, some like that would be okay. But what I'm saying is that there's no underlying arc of humor. So no, like every no, 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 every funny not. scene is a funny scene, but mm. there's nothing sort of linking them together. Super. There, yeah, there's there's nothing. There's no underlying. Uh, Tones of any yeah. yeah there's there's nothing really there uh, it's really a, a see what you get type of movie right yeah. versus like Heather's where yeah. like the, the darkness is always underlit yeah. in the layers um, so like the first fifty minutes I really just wanted to watch Heather's mm. uh, but then the last fifty minutes I kind of got what Amy was going for and mm. I enjoyed it All right so I I think I I think I, I feel like I watched two two movies All right. in here and I loved one of them and I hated the other one mm. and I I think that's the best way to describe how I feel about Clueless, it's a weird movie for me. Because mm. I, I understand why it's loved, but I don't like why it's loved. You know what I'm saying? What, what I think I have to do is never pick good movies again. <laughs> like, fun <laughs> movies. Like, yeah. never again. Like, like we'll, we'll, we'll discuss, like, uh, fucking 12 Angry Men, like, uh, every, <laughs> every episode. <laughs> like, what the hell? And... and I, I don't know why, like, I, I, I wish I knew, like, what was the driving force behind me not loving all these sort of, like, cold classics. Just, like, you know, like the, the have fun movies. Like, the yeah. movies that aren't necessarily that good. Like, if I, when I'm rating this movie, like, I'm not, it's not going to be up there for my fun ratings. But it's, like, it's a guilty pleasure for a reason because, like, it's not a very highly rated movie. Mm -hmm. It's never going to win any movies. Like, it's not highly, uh, never, uh, any movie awards, not critically acclaimed. But it's just, like, one of those movies, like, yeah, I enjoy watching this. Not yeah. because it's good, because, you know, it's, it's fun. To watch. This and is definitely just, one of those movies where you watch with friends mm, and you and you get you a can. kick out of it. You can, yeah. yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had oh, a thought. Oh no, yeah, I, I was like, um, I don't know. It's just you know, it does, it's not this. It's not a great movie, right? You know, but it's like I said, it's 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 indent. It's it's into uh, American culture, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. It's not a it's not a horrible it's not a horrible movie. Mm. It's it's for me it's an okay movie. Mm. But there was definitely like a split between like the really good part of the movie mm. and the part that I really hated from the movie. So like it took me it it took it took a lot of energy for finish the, for me to finish the first 15 minutes. Mm. And then after that I was I was having fun with the movie. Um but like the first 15 minutes were a struggle. Like I would have to like I'm trying to imagine if like someone came up to me and they were explaining Clueless mm-hmm. and they were like yeah you know like the uh, the part of the Clueless like there's, there's parts of Clueless that I really hate and then I would like boggle my mind like yeah, there's a, there's a part in Clueless that you hate <laughs> like there's two minutes in Clueless that you hate like what part of Clueless could offend you to the point to where you hate something in Clueless right <laughs> you know it's just like I don't because it uh, really is a harmless movie yeah it's very it's, it's innocuous it's the most innocuous yeah. movie that you could ever watch <laughs> it was just like uh, you were offended to the point of just hatred for like more here's than half the, of the movie. Here's the thing. I don't think I was offended. I mm. just think I was so uninterested in the first 50 minutes of the movie mm. that I created no form of attachment with the movie. So like indifferent then? I, I, I wouldn't say, uh, I didn't enjoy myself. Let's say that. But not, not just full on hatred. Not though. full on hatred. Okay. Like I so noticed the, the hate elements. word like kind of like, yeah. wow, why? I, I said I hated this movie at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the more times. I talk about it, the more I come to terms with the fact that I didn't actually hate the movie. Okay. I, I just didn't enjoy watching the movie. All right. Um, but like, it's, I definitely understand why it's such a loved movie. Mm-hmm. I understand why the character of Sure and Dion are sort of pop icons in a way. Oh yeah, we, we have we have those bobbleheads at the house. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's Seriously, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Dead up, yeah. It's like I understand why they're pop cultures. I understand the satirical elements. I understand all of that. Yeah. Um, but really, for me, I just wish I was watching Heather's the mm. entire time. All right. Um, because it, that sort of like satirical high school, like drama teen romance movie mm. vibe. For me, was done perfectly, and that like that's my standard is Heather's for that kind of movie. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I kind of just I don't think about them at the same time though, because like I could have been thinking about Juno a bit mm-hmm. or of uh, Age of Seventeen. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've seen or, or any number of um, of uh, John Hughes movies. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's lots of like teenage high school movies I've seen, but I don't, I don't want to like, but like I'd rather be watching this John Hughes movie. I mean, just as it is. I mean, I. It's I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those things because I always tend to compare between the same genre mm. of things. Like if I'm watching Batman versus Superman, mm. I would much rather be watching like Justice League, for example. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or like like there's or there's elements in movies that remind me of other movies. Mm. And if the if they like they don't like the the movie that I'm watching doesn't necessarily come up to par with the movie that it reminded me of. Mm. I I get this feeling of just like maybe I should be watching the other movie. I think that's a better movie. Mm. Uh, and it's not necessarily a fault of like the movie. It's just like it's just my own personal like parallel between the movies. Mm. It, it, I just do that with a lot of genres. It, it'd be like if um like yeah, I'm having raspberry lemonade right now, and um I'm I'm about to have lemonade, and I have the lemonade. But like, well, the raspberry lemonade had a little more going on for it. Doesn't mean lemonade is nasty. Right. It was just like I just I like the raspberry lemonade. Have yeah, more going on. I like this flavor a little bit more. Mm. And and that's kind of what happens to me with a lot of the movies that I watch. Mm. Um, doesn't mean that. Clueless was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I just, I just didn't enjoy myself. Got, got to change some of those words. I do. When you I do. come out there talking about you hate <laughs> shit, it's like fuck, man. Like I didn't want to go into this episode with that again. <laughs> like 
fuck. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's it. <laughs> you know, like seriously, like how many how many shows have we started? And then it's just I I, and I I expect I'm like yes, we're about to have a great conversation. We're about to laugh and be friends and high five and everything. That I walk in, I hate this fucking shit. You pick this specifically. This you pick this, and I fucking hate this. Like God, shit. Man. The fun thing is when it happens when I pick a movie and I fucking hate it. Mm. That's that's always fun for me. Yeah, because uh, I know it's my fault. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely one of those movies where I wanted to like it. I yeah. wanted to enjoy it. Yeah. I couldn't. And I'm just sort of leave it a like, lukewarm. It's like, like a bath that's been running too long. It's right. kind of like, I could do this, but maybe uh, not. What would you uh, give uh, one out of ten? Uh, I'll probably give it like a solid, like, I'll give it like a 6.5. Better than Top Gun for you. Right. Yeah. 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 It, was definitely, I, it was definitely, but it didn't make me angry. All right. Uh, Top Gun made me angry. <laughs> okay, I'm at. Uh, I'm giving it a seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's not not a horrible movie, not mm. an offensive movie. Nope. But in terms of like writing, it just wasn't what I expected. Mm. I guess like I had an expectation for it, and it just wasn't that. Yeah. Uh. So I don't know. Right. One of those things. Uh. I. That being said, it's a great guilty pleasure movie. Like, oh yeah. Watch with friends that yeah. know that we're from the '90s, mm. and sort of like reference a movie. It's kind of like. I feel like this movie has the same energy as if you were watching like a Rocky Horror Picture Type Show movie mm. with a bunch of people that know the lines of the movie, yeah. know the quotes of the movie, yep. they know why it's memorable. Yeah. That energy for this movie, I totally agree, would be a fun experience. Yes, definitely. But by myself, I don't care. All right. Uh, sweet. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to gonna get to the closing. <laughs> I feel bad every time I come over here and I just like shit on a movie. No, but it's like I, I would prefer you do that than like make up some bullshit, you know, to try to fit in. You'd be like, yeah, everybody likes it, so let me try to find a way that I like it too. You know, yeah. like that's that's whack. That being said, the directing, I didn't mention the directing, the yeah. cinematography, although simple, yeah. and like the character dynamics were fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with Tra every time Travis was on screen, I mm. had a lot of fun. He's a really good actor. Uh who was that? Who was that actor? I can't think of his name. I was thinking about it while I was watching it, but mm. I've seen him in a number of things though. So. Same. I thought yeah. it was Sean Penn for a second. I was oh. just like, that's not Sean no. Penn. Yeah. I'm thinking of Richmond High. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the, the character dynamics were a lot of fun. Yeah. The dialogue was fun. Oh yeah. Uh I just it, it just it was just the entire atmosphere that I had a problem with. All right. Uh that being said, we're gonna close and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna go into the, the television and movie premiere. Yeah. We are back. And welcome back. Closing. Uh, yeah, this Just week this week in uh, television and movie premieres is going to be Tuesday, December the 5th through Monday, December the 11th. Uh, the first is going to be Tuesday, December the 5th. Craig Ferguson, Tickle Fight. Tickle sorry, Fight. <laughs> Craig Ferguson, Tickle Fight. Is he into fetish porn now? What's happening? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a comedy. It's a stand-up special. It's going to be on Netflix. Oh, okay. Well, I love Craig Ferguson. Me too. He's one of, the, I, one of my favorite comedians. For yeah. Sure. He um he kind of got pushed out of the the late night scene, but, which um, sucked because I was the yes, most entertaining late night. I, show. I loved him a lot. Like David Letterman was all but least my guy, but he was the guy behind, like right under David Letterman, mm -hmm. and he did the most outlandish shit. He was like a fucking sidekick, a um, a co-host, probably got like a fucking yeah. get a skeleton robot. Yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was really like formula breaking. For, yes, like late night TV show, which is probably why the network had a lot of problems with him. Yeah, because uh, he he was always on the verge of sort of getting kicked out. Yep. But not quite getting kicked out. Yep. So, and he has one stand-up special on Netflix right now. That's not this one. Mm -hmm. That's fucking phenomenal. I I'll love check it. it. Hell yeah! That's a Tuesday, December the fifth. Craig Ferguson Tickle Fight is going to be a comedy special on Netflix. Nice. Uh, next thing is going to be Thursday, December the the seventh. Psych, the movie. Like 
the television show that's yep. now a movie? Yep. Is that usually the other way? It, it kind of is, yeah. Like the coolest <laughs> movie than television show. Yeah, this was going from, oh, we thought, um, what was the um, show on HBO? Oh, uh, yeah. A man has been able to memory. Uh, Jimmy Piven, uh, mm. Ari. Um, come uh, on. They, there was a movie. They made a movie. Marky Mark. Oh, did you see, did you see the Marky Mark reference in the in, in Clueless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Marky Mark. Like I was saying, it was uh, Marky Mark. Like they didn't, they didn't. No one said Mark Wahlberg. It was Marky Mark. It was like, oh well, he's probably too busy dropping his pants all around the around the country. It was like that's that's the Marky Mark that I know. That's Mark Wahlberg I know. It's like the guy that's like super ripped and is going around the entire United States singing good vibrations and taking his clothes off everywhere. Maybe Marky rapping. Mark is taking his clothes off for the greater good. <laughs> yes. Like. That's the person I remember. Like this, Mark Wahlberg is just your old snooty, snotty, pretentious shit. Like no, no man. Like you're too good now. Now you're too good because Mark people know you by your first and your last name, and you did a couple of movies now. Like now you can't be Mark, fucking Marky Mark. Now you can't have the Funky Bunch anymore. <laughs> now I can't hear good vibrations live anymore because of that shit. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But um, that's that's gonna be Thursday, December the seventh. Psych the movie. <laughs> It's gonna be on USA. Still don't know what the television show on HBO was, but oh, 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 um, fuck me, man. Some the, the, they know. I sung the theme song just now. Entourage. Entourage. There we go. Thank you, man. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Entourage. I put, put the links together because Mike Wahlberg was an Entourage, right? Yeah, he was. He was the uh, the creator of Entourage. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that that was a television show that turned into a movie. Right. But yeah, that's it is usually the other way around. But uh, the new film picks up several years after the long-running series left off, with everyone now in San Francisco, uh, and features the original cast joined by Zachary Levy. Is it Levy or Levy? Levy. Probably Levi. Levy. Probably Levy. I think that's the guy from um, from Chuck, the NBC show from years ago. Yeah. I think that's that's the guy. And John Cena. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if we'll see him. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's Thursday, December the 7th uh, The next thing is Friday, December the 8th The Crown Oh, oh I'm kind of excited for that Yes uh, I haven't There's a current season of it on Netflix That's right? season one, yeah I didn't know Matt Smith was in that Who is that? Uh, he plays the doc. He plays the 11th Doctor uh, He's kind of the tall okay. white dude with the weird beard Okay uh, He plays the 11th Doctor I didn't know that was in that I saw the trailer yesterday at the bar Yeah and I was wondering what Matt Smith was fucking doing yeah. since Doctor Who. Yeah. I guess it's the fucking crown. From Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay, I was like, the eleventh Doctor, I'm like, they, she did see a lot of doctors in the crown. And I was like, how, how am I going to know it by number? No, no, no. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was bragging He was the 11th, the doctor with the bow tie. I haven't seen any Doctor Who, no. I fucking love Matt Smith. Mm. So, really, my entry into the show is going to be Matt Smith. Okay. Uh, I, I, it looks good. It's looks nice. pretty good. Hell yeah. Uh, the Crown, um, season two, uh, the last with Claire Foy playing the Queen. Hold on, what? Hold on. Season two, the last with Claire Foy playing the Queen as Michael C. Hall playing JFK, uh, Jody Bafleur, and Matthew Good to the cast. What does this mean? That means that it's the last season? I'm saying, does it, does, are they saying like she's reprising her role from playing the Queen last season? Or are they saying that this season is the last season she'll be playing the Queen? I think it might be that this is the last season of the show. Oh, right? no. It might be that. It might be want, that. I don't want either season one of those. Season two, the last, maybe? Yeah, mm -hmm. the last with Claire Foy playing the queen. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to find out into that. But, but Claire mm -hmm. does a great job in, in season one, and I'm sure she does a great job in season two. I want more of this show. Michael C. Hall is coming to the show, so, I mean, give he us more. He was Dexter, right? Yeah, hell yeah. 
than not Dexter. Not like Dexter. I like Michael C. Hall, but not like Dexter. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, season one, two, and three I loved. Uh, I think season one and two unanimously I think people liked. Yeah, but I like season one. Season one? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Season one, two, and three for me. Uh, season three, they added John Lithgow. He was um, the, he was a Trinity killer. <laughs> But, he, but he's a, he was an extremely good actor, and he did a very good job of holding a show together that was ready to fall off. Yeah, you know? he, it just got so cheesy. It, it, oh, yeah. yeah. Season three was cheesy. It just had a very good actor. And yeah. season four, five, and six, get the fuck out of here. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> lumber like Jumberjack. Yeah. I fucked up both of those times, so I'm yeah. just going to let you carry on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's it for television. Uh, the first one is movies. Uh, this is another one of those 90s nostalgia things that I don't know if it's gonna, people are going to care about outside of like 30 and 40-year-olds. Uh, you ever heard of the names Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan? No. In, in, in the early 90s, these were like names were as big as O.J. Simpson for the 90s. Really? Um, Tanya Harding, we were going into the uh, 1996 uh, winter, 1994 Winter Olympics. Okay. And uh, Tanya Harding, she was regarded as the best skater in the world. Like better than Christy Yamaguchi. Mm-hmm. And, I, and this, this is how big of a deal it is. I know nothing of ice skating. <laughs> nothing. But for this one small period of time, it was a big deal, you know, for like a full year. So it's like I can still remember remember Christy Yamaguchi, Tanya Harding, and um, Nancy Kerrigan, you okay. know, from just this, that's how big of a deal it was. But anyway, everybody's expecting that Tanya Harding is going to come up here, smack up Christy uh, Yamaguchi in it, she's going to beat Tanya, I mean, Nancy Kerrigan, and everything is going to go fine, United States, we got the um, the gold medal. Right. But what what happens instead, the um, the day before the uh, the Olympics, Nancy Kerrigan, she hires her boyfriend or trainer or whatever to spy on Tanya Harding as she's skating and as she's coming off the other uh, rink for training and she's going down the hall, he takes a like a um, a crowbar pipe and smashes her legs to fucking bits. Jesus Christ! Smashes like shattered, like shattered everywhere. Yeah. And the first like camera footage that you really get, because you know it's like it's an Olympic training facility, you know right. what I'm saying? So the first camera sh- shot that you see is her on the ground and her husband or whatever, like by her holding her legs, screaming, crying, and people running up to her. So it's like you don't this get this security footage? Actual, actual footage, yeah. So it's like, you don't get to see the assailant when it happens, but mm-hmm. you see her on the ground crying and people trying to help her out and then trying to find out what happened. And sure enough, it took like less than 48 hours for them to find out that Nancy Kerrigan was connected to the attack. Right. You know, and she just was like the most hated, like, person in society for the United States for like a full six months or whatever. I guess this ruined her career. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was huge. Not Nancy Kerrigan's career. I mean, like, her legs just never repaired. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, she couldn't skate again yeah, after that. that yeah, it, it was fucked. But it was like, but yeah, that's it. They're making a movie. The, the movie is called I, Tanya. Uh, competitive ice skater Tanya Harding rises amongst the ranks in the U.S. figure skating championships, but her future in the activity is thrown into doubt when her ex-husband intervenes. So, um, so like, yeah, this is, it's some, oh, and um, Margot Robbie is, is the star of it, and Bobby Cannavale is, is in it. Okay. So, yeah, I is mean. Margot Robbie playing Tanya? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I would have no interest or even care about that whatsoever, but See, from, it's big. from here, the poster, it looks like the lady that's in the poster is, like, it's black. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's just because the brightness is down, but it's, oh. that's Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah, that's definitely Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought it was a black lady in the cover, so it's oh. just like, okay. Margot Robbie's a starless? What the fuck? All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is the last movie for this, uh, this week, The Shape of Water. Super excited for The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. This, I, this is my first first time hearing about it. It's a rated R, 123-minute mm-hmm. runtime. It's an adventure, drama, fantasy, horror, romance uh, thriller. has an 85 meta score already. Yep. 
It's uh, directed by... Gu- oh, no, this is a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about this. We before. have, yeah. yeah. This is my first... I just lied just now. <laughs> this is not my first <laughs> I'm hearing about this. Um, an, uh, an otherworldly fairy tale set against the backdrop of the Cold War era, um, America circa 1962, uh, in the hidden high-security government laboratory where she works, lonely Elsa, played by Sally Hawkins, is trapped in a life of isolation. Elsa's life has changed forever when she and a co-worker, Zelda... Uh, played by Octavia Spencer, discover a secret classified experiment. Octavia is the lady that was in Hidden Figures, right? I'm not familiar with uh, that name. Sort of like the, the, the big lady. With the, oh, the big she might be. She, yeah, yeah. yeah that, okay, okay, yeah. I think that's her. <coughs> this mo- I am so excited yeah. for The Shape of Water. Okay. I have no fucking idea how excited. This movie was supposed to come out, I think. There was one movie that was going to come out along with Three Bullbirds outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and I think it was Shape of Water. Okay. They were scheduled for like similar release dates, mm. and then three billboards got pushed to December to like this this past week. Yeah, and then this movie got pushed further back. I mm. think that's what happened because I was gonna watch them before I went to Seattle. Yeah, and I was yeah. upset because no fucking theater was carrying them. Yeah, and I like three billboards came out in December one mm. in fucking Chapel Hill. Yeah, but not in fucking Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't get shit. Like, Chapel Hill will get shit. Durham mm. will get shit. Raleigh will get shit. But, like, we're not... I don't know why we're not really getting the same it's just because uh, the, the company in Chapel Hill is a Starlight Cinema. Mm. They're not owned by AMC. AMC, yeah. And Regal Cinema is usually the ones that get all the other shit. Mm-hmm. And they're not as prominent in, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Um, so, what the fuck ever. But Shape of Water, I'm really excited for Shape of Water. Oh, it yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that, it, it sounds great. I mean, you got Guillermo del Toro. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't really need much more than that. But yeah, it's already highly rated, and it's rated R. He's good for that. Yeah, and uh, this is the movie uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, who's my favorite writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just read a tweet from him that said that he loved the movie, and it might be his favorite movie of 2017. Hey, and this is a guy that wrote uh, Beowulf. He wrote Coraline. He wrote I love Cor- yeah. Oh, Coraline. Coraline's what? really good. I've, I mean, me and my daughter—that's my daughter's favorite movie. Oh, really? Like we've watched that movie millions. Love Coraline. He well, wow. the, the, my favorite writer wrote mm. the script and the book for that story. Whoa. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really—it's I fucking love Coraline. Yeah, that's me too. It's fantastic. Hell yeah. Uh, if if your daughter likes Coraline, yes. check out some of Neil Gaiman's other stuff. He's All really right. good. Sure will. Uh, he's he did the Sandman series. I don't know if you know about that. Uh-uh. He did American Gods. I've heard of that. I haven't uh, watched it though, but that's very highly rated yep. though. And now he's making the television show for Good Omens. Oh, nice. Uh, that's coming out. Uh, I met this guy. He's fantastic. Hey. Okay. Um, but but yeah, he tweeted about it, and he was just like, "My favorite movie of 2017, probably." Nice. He said he left the theater crying. Yeah. So I am excited as fuck. For this movie now. Okay. Uh, that's that's kind of kind of where I'm at. <laughs> nice. But yeah, that's that is it for television and movies. Cool. I, I want to give a shout out to like I don't know if we talked about this movie at all. Which one? Um, but it was the the new Denzel Washington movie. Yeah, we R-J-esque. talked about it. Esque. Yes. Oh, I yeah. really want to see that movie. Oh yeah. I saw the trailer not too long ago. You you were uh, from what I remember, you were high on it because you was like I don't really know if I care about this story, but it's um it's Denzel Washington and Colin Farrell. Yes, the, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And okay. you was like, I, and I, I got to see that, so yeah. Yeah, so I saw the trailer, and I know what the story's about, man. I fucking love it. Nice. Uh, I'm into it. Uh, that's all I got for today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, like, you keep bringing up good movies, and I just keep going, like, fuck that. Like, it, 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 like that's, that's, where, that's where it hurts me, like, as a friend, because, like, I'm thinking that I'm about to come have a great conversation with a friend about a movie, <laughs> and, like, those are my favorite times of the days, yeah. and it's just like, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I like what I like. Yeah. Don't like what I don't like. 
Yeah. I can't lie. I, I don't, yeah, it's like the, the friendship wouldn't be the same, though, if you did, you yeah, know, if you... If you lie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I felt really bad watching the movie. Yeah. I was like 30 minutes into the movie going like, fucking Chris is just going to quit the show. No. I mean, <laughs> no, but it's like I didn't... I, I was that way with... um. You really loved... um. You loved... uh. Swiss Army Man. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's kind of juvenile. Like, I don't really, yeah. You know, right, so it's yeah. like, I can, you know, I've done I've done it too. I don't know. Fuck yeah. yeah. I, it just happens frequently with, with like, th- this block was a weird block yeah. for movies. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it though. Yeah. I watched some good films mm-hmm. and some maybe not so great films, but yeah. I enjoyed watching them. Yeah. Just because, that, that's, uh, a quick aside, because that's my favorite part of the podcast mm-hmm. is that whenever, like, I pick a movie or you pick a movie, yeah. usually I have no fucking idea. Whether or not I would like the movie. Okay. I genuinely don't, because I, I don't like to pick movies that I've watched recently. Mm. I like to pick movies that I haven't watched in a long time, mm. or movies that I just never straight up seen. Yeah. And and I do that because I like the first impression being the one that comes up on the microphone. Mm. And and I, I get to watch a lot of interesting films, and yeah. I get to have a lot of interesting thoughts when watching these films. Oh, yeah. So I enjoy the shit out of it. So yeah, thank you. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like our Criterion because um, mm-hmm. Criterion are usually the only movies that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and and just because I wouldn't go out of my way probably right. to on a, on a Thursday night to to watch a a Rashomon or a Twelve Angry Men or you know just any of our Criterion movies, I probably wouldn't go out my way out my way as mm-hmm. much to watch some of those movies that are very very good. Yeah, you know? I probably do that like once a month. Like mm-hmm. once a month, I try to sit down and watch like a brainy movie. Yeah. Um, but now that I, we have to do it like once every two months, yeah. I, I, I just I love it. It's yeah. fucking great. If if it wasn't for that, like if it's just left on, on to my own accord, mm-hmm. like I'm sitting home and watching fucking Clueless and fucking Top Gun and uh, what's uh, the uh, what, what's the, what's the one that miscogeniality? You know, it's like I'm, my brother loves that movie. Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like that's th- those are like the movies that I really enjoy, like for myself. Yeah. So it's like if I if it wasn't for the podcast, then I wouldn't be as diverse on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> you know that really is like the the, the qualification of being of being on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just feel like since we started the podcast, it's been almost two years. We're almost on a two oh, yeah, year yeah, episode. Yeah, and like since we started the podcast, I watched so much more variety of films mm-hmm. now definitely that i feel like even if i don't like the movie i learned something yes incredibly important from 100 percent. and and like especially the criteria ones because mm. i if i don't like something i'm much more inclined to think about why i don't like it mm. than versus why i like it yeah so that's why 400 blows has been in my mind for so long yeah. i said i think about that movie like once a week yeah 400 blows uh and i haven't thought about 12 hunger men since I've like seen it. like some like just to be a dick like <laughs> so like like ten years, like if we were the same age, yeah. like I would be unbearable because like there's certain like internet stuff that I'll see. Like uh, there's a song where um, uh, from Childish Gambino, and I was about to take the clip yeah. and then forge the clip <laughs> and then loop it over and over because I, I was in the car listening to it and it was uh, Donald Glover who was like uncool but lyrically I'm a stone cold killer. So it's four hundred blows to these true foe niggas. <laughs> yeah, now that's the line of the century. Niggas miss it too busy, you know. And I was like, whoa. I was like, he's even recognizing one of the best movies ever. Yep. And I was like, and I was just gonna take the little clip and then just repeat it over and over and over. I was like, wow, my so like dick. five minutes on a video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just like for what? Uh, I, that would have been funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I, I love the fact that we get to do a podcast about films. Yeah. I'm, I'm eternally grateful yes. that I get to, like, I have I have a bunch of DVDs right there in that mm. wall. Yeah. 
half of those DVDs would not have been bought had it not been for this podcast. Yeah. And I, I'm just I'm just happy that that's a thing that we were able to do. You have to come over to my house and and check out my entertainment system, the man cave. Oh yeah, you got a new fucking thing. It's fucking phenomenal. Nice. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Because <laughs> it's so good. Because the, the first the first couple of nights is like it made me feel like I was gonna get robbed or mugged or something <laughs> because there's like this big expensive thing inside of the room yeah. that I'm sitting in. And like your room, like that man cave is like right next to a window that leads directly directly to the outside. Front of your house. Yeah. Yes, so I'm just like like super paranoid that somebody's just gonna break in the house at all times. So it's like, uh, <laughs> we got too many nice things now. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh <laughs> uh, fuck! Just a PS4, an Xbox, a big telly. Yeah. No, de- definitely. Let's yeah, just let's get, hang out. Just, just l- list, list the rest of the expensive things of the inventory in the house. They don't know your address. <laughs> 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 fucking around anyway. Real? <laughs> <laughs> you got a new fancy smoker now? <laughs> got a smoker? Come take that. <laughs> <laughs> Got an expensive Pomeranian hanging about. Uh, all we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Got a nice Pomeranian. Out Retarded there. cat. That you may know, be nice in the in the black market. They're good. It could go for you some know. money. Could mm-hmm. go for get them dollars. So yeah, that's that's a bit about it. But yeah, you should, you should come by and um and let's watch a movie and have some food and shit though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Let's let's do that shit. Yes. And that's it for today's episode. Mm-hmm. Clueless. Uh, watch it. Yeah. Like this is one of those movies that I didn't like, but I understand why people like it. Yeah. So like you should watch it. Yeah. And see what you think about it. Yeah. I think it's a it's a solid film that I didn't enjoy watching. Yeah. But you might enjoy it. So yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for today's episode. We will be back next week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. You can find me at underscore... Wait, no. Bullshit. You can find us on Twitter at FFS Podcast. On Facebook at the FFS Podcast. On Google Play Music, SoundCloud app, iTunes Podcast app, and Stitcher under the name for film's sake. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archilla. And Chris. I'm at a THA underscore VONZ. Hey. hey. Thank you guys for watching and listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Cheers. Cheers.